Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Okay, let's pray. Oh Lord, you have caused all your holy scriptures to be written for our learning. May we so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort offered by your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of eternal life, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, so we have come to the end, the last things, the end times, death, judgment, all the fun stuff, the stuff novels are made out of, literally. Um, so tonight we're doing uh, our sources of topics. We're going to do death, what happens immediately after death, then we'll go into the second coming, the end of the world, the resurrection, heaven and hell, oh, last judgment, heaven and hell. So that's where we're going tonight. Um, might be a little, uh, how many of you heard me talk, teach on this last time I did it when we did our revelation study? A few of you maybe? That was maybe about a year ago. This will be slightly yeah. different as I lost my notes for that one. So I can't reproduce exactly what I said. So, <laughs> so, so we I don't have a lot think we're going to remember anyway. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Repetition for emphasis. Um, so um, there is a lot. When we get into this subject, there's a lot of speculation uh, on almost every subject. Death, what happens after death, second coming, end of the world. So we have to limit ourselves to exactly what the scriptures say and, and to take note of their context and, 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 and these kinds of things. Um, we don't want to say things beyond... Um, what scriptures say and when and that, that doesn't mean we can't use our our imaginations to, to think about what heaven might be like or this kind of thing but we have to keep what scripture says clear and what speculation we might have clear as well uh, we have to say that specifically on this subject because there's a heck of a lot of speculation that goes on here um so start off with a simple well what um maybe maybe start off with a conversation starter here um what are some incorrect um or slightly wrong uh, ways that people what but people think about the afterlife. You're gonna be an angel. You're gonna be an angel. That's a that's a big Excuse one. Excuse an angels. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Oh, well, especially you'll you'll he, maybe sometimes if it's a tragic death. Oh, God needed another angel or something, some silliness like that. So what was it? What's another one? There is no afterlife. 
there is no after life. That's that, that's right. You just cease to exist. And, and you know what? That's not even. There are Christians who say that. Well, Christians, Christians. There are religious people who say that. We'll call it that. Um, and um, not just people who are atheists. Um, some other views. Everybody's going there. Everybody ever. Yeah, that's right. Everybody, all good dogs go to heaven. Hell only has uh, Hitler and maybe a few other really nasty blokes. Um, um, or, or, or the opposite. Somebody could take that literally. Some people believe everybody goes to heaven eventually. And that hell is just, uh, hell is temporary. They call that universalism. Everybody goes to heaven at the end. Um, uh, what are some, uh, some other ones you can think of? Unless you take the Catholic way that there's purgatory first. Purgatory, right. Especially for uh, Christians, there's purgatory first. That's right. Um, or other, other non-Christian ones, uh, uh, reincarnation, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, that you come, and, and some people believe that. Um, so, so there's lots of different, uh, different views about uh what life after death and there have there have been views throughout history and i'm sure there'll be different ones um from the bible from your biblical knowledge uh what would you say is death how would you how would you define it what is death separation of the body and soul perfect love it great exactly Yay. what i have written down that's good <laughs> 10 bible study points for her oh wow if i don't know that by <laughs> don't now, look up the exchange wrong? yeah don't look up the exchange rate on bible study points <laughs> uh, this is, yeah so that's right um the cessation of physical life caused by the separation of body and soul that's exactly right um why do we die because of sin, sin. There. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, you nailed it. These, this is the easy question. Um, Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin, sin is death. death. Yeah. Right. There's your chief, chief <clears throat> there. The wages of sin is death. Um, also, um, Romans five twelve. And so, what passed all men because they all sinned? Paul short of the glory of God. <laughs> Right, so death, remember that, do you remember that verse? Death, and so death passed to all men because, oh, let me back up. Um, for as sin entered into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin, right? right so there, there's, uh, between those two verses, that should be enough for everybody. Um, what, what's, um, what story in the Bible could you go to to show that death is the result uh, that um, sin leads to death creation creation exactly what i wanted to hear right um you could you know for the day that you eat from it you shall die that's right <clears throat> great so that's easy you guys know that stuff great um uh matthew 10 28 uh this is an important verse for us it is a 
a, a verse that I think we're going to reference a couple times throughout this study because I think it's it's a very clear passage. And and you always when you're talking about controversial things, if you have a crystal clear passage, that that is a great help to you. Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, now, why did I say that's a very clear passage? It shows separation of body and soul. It does. It shows that that's the key. The key thing. It it, it shows um, that after your body dies, your soul doesn't. Right. That's clearly what it says. The per those who kill your body cannot kill your soul. Um, so there, that that's important. And, and uh, one from Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, Ecclesiastes twelve seven. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to God who gave it. Um, great. Um, is death the end of it? Is 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 death just? That's it. No, it isn't. Um, what? Uh, what? Uh, how would you prove that biblically? There's probably I, I, you could probably think think of one of the one of the verses. Lazarus. Bingo. That's a great one. It's a great one to go to. The rich man and Lazarus. Um, it clearly says that their souls exist after death, um, and we'll look that up in a little bit. Um, there's a good one. Um, Luke twenty, uh, thirty eight. Um, Luke 20, 38. Someone want to read that for me? Uh, I might have you read more here. Let me just look up the passage. Because this is, an, this is another important verse. Yeah, okay. Start at verse... Somebody, whoever want, is in Luke 20, start in verse 27. Uh, yeah, 27, and go until uh, verse 40. I've got it. I got it. Yeah. You go ahead. Do you want to do half and I'll do half? It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, Wendy, why don't you do 27 to 33, okay. and uh, Susan do 34 to, the, to 40. Okay. Okay. There came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children. And the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had had it as a wife. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are accounted worthy to attain to that age 
and to the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. And some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any question. This is a very interesting passage. The Sadducees denied the resurrection, and as you tell Sunday school kids, that's why they were sad, you see. Um, <laughs> um, so they denied that there's a resurrection, and they thought death was just non-existence, right? It's funny how there's nothing new under the sun. And Jesus's response to them is not really about the resurrection. His response to them is about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. What does he say about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? They're alive. They're alive. And if they're alive, they will be resurrected. Um, so that's, that's important to see. Um, so this is a good passage to talk about existence after death. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Because um, you know, when he says it, I, he doesn't say, I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He yeah. says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, yeah. Um, what other things we have? Um, yeah, so they, uh, yeah, we'll move on. Okay. So we have the death of the body. Um, we have, oh, maybe something to note is that death is not originally part of, uh, of, it's not God's original plan for us, right? It, it's something that was, it was a penalty imposed on us uh, as a race uh, because we ate the fruit of the tree, right? We disobeyed God um, in the garden. That's, that's Im really important to see. Um, death is not natural to hum to humans. Um, good. Okay, so we've said that we continue to exist after death. Um, and, and that, uh, so when you die, your soul continues to exist. Um, soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um, so the disembodied spirit, it's immaterial. It, it doesn't dissolve into the air. It's not absorbed into God. It doesn't become part of him, uh, but it continues to exist as a personal separate thing and being, entity. That's important to see. Uh, just uh, so... This is what we call the intermediate state. Uh, why do we call it? What is that? What do you think that that term means? Intermediate state. Awaiting judgment day. Mm -hmm. It's an in between per period, right? The waiting room. Uh, so, in the Old Testament, um, they had a slightly different. Uh, not different. That's not the right word. They had a view which was um, 
you can say the lights weren't completely turned on. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, the knowledge that they had um, isn't as complete as ours because they don't have the revelation in the New Testament, right? Uh, they don't have uh, the preaching of Jesus and the, the stories he told and the writings of the apostles. Um, so we sometimes call this progressive revelation. The closer you get to Jesus, the, the more lights come on, you know. What did Adam and Eve know? All they knew is that one of their descendants would be the one to defeat the devil. Uh, but what did David know? Well, David knew he knows he knows much more about the Messiah than any of the Adam and Eve know, right? You see the idea? It, as time goes on, God reveals more and more of his plan. Um, so in the Old Testament, um, everybody it, everybody is said to go to what place? Who remembers what it's called? paradise yes ish but that's more um intertestamental getting into new testament paradise is a persian word so it requires uh that's you're getting into the end of the new old testament period shale how many of you have heard shale yes right shale it's translated sometimes in your bibles as hell sometimes um, in the Greek Bible, it was translated as Hades, uh, but it's Sheol. Um, all the dead, good or bad, in the Old Testament, all go to Sheol. Uh, Sheol is described as being underground. It's, it's, uh, so you remember the story of uh, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, the, uh, the elders of Israel who rebelled against Moses and what happens to them? It says the earth opened up and they went down alive into Sheol, <laughs> right? Um, so there, it's the, Sheol is described as being in the earth. Um, it's described as a, a shadowy, uh, flickery kind of existence. Um, in the Old Testament, those beings or people who are dead and in Sheol, which is everybody, by the way, good or bad, um, they're not called souls. The Jews don't really have a concept of a soul. That's a Greek idea. Um, the, they call them shades, something like the closest English word, shades is an English word, but the closest concept you might be more familiar with is ghosts, phantoms, something like that. Um, they're 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 not completely human anymore they're not fully complete um uh they look like what they used to uh uh they they're not physical they can't be grasped it, it's a a shadowy wispy kind of existence uh their existence is silent it's drowsy but they're not unconscious they're they're described as as um is being conscious um and i think i have one if, line. if everybody goes there then is that not like where purgatory comes from kind of but um purgatory is is, is a development that comes later purgatory is um like sheol is not viewed of as as a punishment necessarily because the righteous 
when they die, they say to, it's always spoken of. Um, there, there is some positive language used. They go to rest with their ancestors. Um, uh, when they're in Sheol, they have confidence that not even death and Sheol can separate them from their fellowship with God, right? Um, so um, that's, um, so it's a little bit different. Whereas purgatory is the idea that um, you, um, we, we confess uh, like on, in the morning that you have, um, uh, uh, when we do the old service, um, uh, I have deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. And so Roman Catholics will say, Jesus pays for your eternal punishment, but you still have, you, every sin you do also um, earns a temporal punishment. And so there's still a stain of sin on you when you die. And so after you die, if you're a Christian and baptized, uh, your eternal punishment's been paid for. So you'll eventually make your way to heaven. But purgatory is the place where you work off your temporal punishment, where you work off the stain of sin and get yourself cleaned up for heaven. Um, so um, it's, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the doctrine of purgatory. Um, it has no, it's not based on anything in scripture. Um, I was going to skip it, but there it is. Um, it, it's just, there's nothing, scripture just doesn't talk that way. And you'll see by what scripture does say, it doesn't allow for a purgatory. Um, so that's the Old Testament. Everybody goes there. In the New Testament, um, you, you get, um, uh, there's so many scriptures here um, that we could use. Uh, but in the New Testament, uh, so uh, they're not no longer called shades. Uh, I mean, that word is in Greek, and they don't use it anymore. They use them. They they're called spirits. They're called souls. Uh, they are conscious. Uh, rich man and Lazarus. They're they're conscious. He he can think. He can. The souls under the altar in Revelation. They can think. They can speak. Um, right. Um, those uh, who are um, Christians and die, uh, they, uh, they have fellowship with Christ. Um, Jesus says to the uh, thief on the next cross, uh, you will be with me today in paradise. Um, Stephen says to Jesus, receive my spirit. Um, uh, Revelation says, blessed are whoever dies in the Lord is blessed. Um, uh, Paul in Philippians, uh, when he's in jail, he says to be with Christ is far better than to, to be here. Um, um, let's see, I got that. We have the story of the rich man, Lazarus. Um, everybody remember that story or do, do we need to read it? If you want to look it up afterwards, it's Luke chapter 16. It's a pretty long story, uh, but Luke chapter 16, look that up. Um, but the rich man and Lazarus are both conscious and, uh, yeah. But there's a passage. Um, there's a passage that I would like to look up that really helps us describe. And it's, a, it's a Luke chapter or John, John chapter 14. It's a verse, you know. 
John chapter 14, verse two. And do verse three. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that? I go to prepare a place for you. And if you go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Great. Notice, um, you, you know, this is that, that, that word dwelling places. Uh, in my translation, uh, <clears throat> you might remember this is mansions in the King James. Uh, God's got a mansion for you in the sky, uh, this kind of thing. That word is, is a fun word. Monet. That's the, that's the word in Greek. Monet. So here's the definition. Let's see if we can come up with a better word to describe it than dwelling place or mansion. It, Monet describes uh, a place where one stops or stays. And it's used as in uh, the road is divided by many Monet, many stopping stations. You can translate it stopping station, apartment, quarters, billets. It's a room to stay within a house or a building where a person who's on a trip can remain for a period of time. And breakfast. Bed and breakfast. <laughs> but you get the idea. The idea with this word is not that when you die, you go to heaven and you stay there. That is not the Christian view. It's never been the Christian view. And I don't know how that, that language came into the church, but that is not the Christian view. Read the New Testament. The New Testament does not talk that way. When you recite the creed, it does not say, I believe in going to heaven when I die. What does it say? I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, right? Um, so heaven, when you die, you go to heaven. Absolutely. If you're a Christian believer. You die, you go to heaven. Your soul goes to heaven. And that's compared to a, a monet, a, a bed and breakfast, a, a place. You, you've finished the first part of your journey. And, and now it's time to rest. Put your feet up. Wait for the remainder of your brothers and sisters to join you. And then God's going to renovate the earth. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we all come back resurrection of the dead back so can heaven. paradise and heaven then be kind of the same yep yep okay. paradise okay. heaven um paradise heaven abraham's bosom uh that kind of thing they're all they're all synonymous uh they all were describing the same reality um in john's vision he saw everybody praising god you know so many people you couldn't count right and they were all praising god and that we're resting but are we actually you know with our fellow christians praising and you know that's, rejoicing? yeah i think that's a that's a good i think that's a good um a good bet absolutely 
uh, because I mean, we have to be careful with revelation um, uh, because revelation is, is tricky. Um, and it's, and it's using symbolic language, but it clearly describes um, the church con continuing to exist in heaven, resting, asking God, how long are we going to have to wait up here uh, and, until we get to be back in our bodies? Um, how long until our, our, our brothers and sisters on earth continue suffering? And we, you know. Um, why why are they thing. complaining? Because they're actually in a good place. They're complaining, but it, um, <laughs> you're not intended to be a, a disembodied spirit. It, it's I, better to be with God, no matter what, it, it, and to not have to suffer is better than to suffer. Yeah. But that's still not the way God made you. Right. God made you to be with a body. And, and um, um it's always a cry, a human cry to ask God how long, just like kids asking their, <laughs> are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, but doesn't God's line work differently than our timeline? So everything yeah. is already in motion and done in reality because we don't have this, our God's day doesn't work like our day, right? That, that's that's true, absolutely, and, and you're, you're absolutely there, there. There is a verse we're going to look at in a little bit from First Peter or Second Peter uh, that that makes you that makes the exact same point you made, Gail, and it applies it to the same this this exact issue. And what does God tell the people who the souls under the altar in Revelation when they complain? He says, "Just just rest a little while longer." Yeah. And when it says rest, it doesn't necessarily mean sleep. It means rest as in kick your feet up. The, 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 the hard work is done. Uh, that kind of thing. And that's why, you know, at funerals, we often say rest in peace, right? Uh, they're in, they're with God, they're resting, that kind of thing. Um, okay. Great. Um, Oh, yes, that's super important to say. We've got to make sure we say that. Um, when you die, your, your destination is firmly fixed. All right? It is set. Locked in. Course trajectory set. Um, final answer. Final answer. That's right. <laughs> Um, there's a bunch of verses, a lot of them that say this. The most, the, the clearest one is in Hebrews. I'll read it quickly here. Hebrews chapter three, verse seven. Hebrews three, seven. That is not the verse. Nine twenty-seven. Nine twenty-seven. Could that could be it? That's the one. It is appointed for men to die once, and after that, face judgment. Right? It is appointed for men to die once, and then face judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. I have a few other verses here if someone wants them. But, um, you know, another one you might know, it's simple. Uh, he who believes will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Um, that's, uh, the new Testament only gives you two options. Um, so we, we need to say that, uh, the, the Bible says that we read it, 
Uh, you die, you face judgment. Um, that does not mean um, that you can somehow change afterwards. It's not like you can be in hell for 10,000 years and suddenly repent and get to come into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Um, so a um, Roman Catholic, if they go to purgatory when they die, if they think they go to purgatory when they die, are they actually saved? Yes. Everybody in pur purgatory is not an purgatory is not part of hell. It's like um, it's like a um, changing room for heaven. <laughs> okay. So every, everybody in purgatory is is like getting cleaned up to be good enough to enter heaven. Okay. So. Um, yeah, that, that's what an indulgence is. The Roman Catholic Church still, yeah. still, still does indulgences. You can, you can pay or do things here to lessen the amount of punishment that you do. Right. right? right. To, to get the souls back into heaven quicker. Yes. The more, that you, the more you pay, the faster you're going to get there. The coin that Mikafa rings a soil from purgatory yes. strings, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. Um, how are we doing for time? All right. Um, the second coming. Y'all know Jesus is going to come back. <laughs> it's it's important to say that. Um, we kind of take that for granted. Uh, we say it every week, don't we? Mm -hmm. He shall come again in glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. It's important to say that. Um, for the sake of time, I have to read some of these verses because we have a lot of ground to cover still. Uh, Acts 1, 11. The, the, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven shall come in the same way as you have seen him go into heaven. Acts 1, 11. Um, that's, that's a clear passage as any. Um, Jesus, um, uh, to counter any crazy cults that might knock on your door on a Saturday morning, um, <laughs> just because. Just Luke 17, 24, I'm going to read it to you. Um, Luke 17, 24. Um, is, is important for the um, second coming. For as, uh, I'll start in 23. Uh, they will say, then they will say to you, look there, look here. Do not go, do not set off in pursuit. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the son of man be in his day or um uh yeah so it, when jesus comes back it's like lightning striking from what right when lightning strikes and it strikes nearby do you notice <laughs> of course you notice yeah. uh that's why revelation 1 7 says every eye will see him even those who pierced him right every eye will see him it, he's not going to sneak back and, and say oh jesus came back in 1914 
Oh, I, 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 yeah, he came back invisibly. You missed it. Um, no, that's, that's not what the Bible says, right? It, it, when Jesus comes back, you're going to know it. Um, um, when will he come back? You guys should know the answer to this. Only the Father knows. Only the Father knows, right? No man knows the day or the hour. And what's the, what's the illustration? What's the example that Jesus uses to get us to be prepared? Thief in the night. A thief in the night, right? If you knew what hour the thief was going to come, you wouldn't be prepared. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you would, you would, you're set your, if your thief was coming at one o'clock sharp, you'd set your alarm for, you know, 1245, give you time to get up, clothe yourself, grab your shotgun and you're all set. <laughs> right. That's, but, um, so, but the example is watch because you don't know when he will come. Um, the other one was those uh, bridesmaidens, right? With the oil. That's right. Right. That's right. Right. That, it's it's a it's a theme in a lot of Jesus parables. You don't that you don't know when he's going to come. So that brings us um, to uh, the signs of his coming. The signs of his coming. You'll find those in in the same discussion but it's in three different places matthew chapter 24 luke chapter 21 mark chapter 13 um the shortest one is mark 13 if you want to read it the one that's the most clear is luke um, um and, and uh, so matthew 24 luke 21 mark 13 in these passages the end of the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans and the end of the world are put together. And it can be complicated to take those, to separate those two apart. But um, what you see though is the destruction of Jerusalem is like a dress rehearsal for the end of the world. Does that make sense? So everything, everything happens to Jerusalem. Um, and all the signs that Jesus gives happen on a small scale, but um, it will happen on a bigger scale at the end of the world. So some, uh, uh, some of those things are signs in nature. You know these, right? Earthquakes, floods, storms, pestilences, sun and moon being eclipsed, this kind of stuff. COVID. Uh, pardon? COVID. COVID. Yeah, that's right. Uh, signs in the church false teachers hypocrisy love waxing cold many falling away from the truth and the appearance of the antichrist we could spend a whole time a whole study on the antichrist suffice it to say there is there are many antichrists and there will probably be an antichrist before jesus comes an ultimate one probably i won't i'm not going to hang my had on it because the passages are very hard um but there are many antichrists and there have been many antichrists um and the lutheran confessions say the pope is the antichrist so there you go <laughs> um, um uh so we have the antichrist where are we okay here we are um the gospel will be preached in all the world 
Um, uh, and um, so, so that's those are important things. Um, important things to see. Um, um, those signs are are um, those signs mark the time. They mark the time from the end of uh, the apostles' time to our day. There have been wars and pestilences and these kinds of things. Um, is, is it supposed to get worse as it goes? The Bible doesn't say it's going to get worse as it goes. It just says these things are going to be around. They're like, uh, he likens them to labor pains. Right. Um, but they serve as a constant reminder to us that Jesus could come at any at any moment. There, that nothing needs to happen. There's not. There's no chain of events that need to take place for for Jesus to come. It's not like you're going to notice the first events, couple events take off, and you go, "Oh, oh, I know this. Jesus is coming back." It's not going to work that way. One day, Jesus will just come back. Well, hasn't all of it already happened? So he could come anytime? He can come anytime. Yeah. Absolutely. But That's... all these things that he was, you know, saying, foreseeing, right? Right. They, so they have happened and they and they do happen. We're, yeah. we're, we see earthquakes. We see COVID. It's all, so, they're all signs of the end. But COVID is no more a sign of the end. Or no, sorry, let me put it for COVID is no less a sign of the end than the Black Plague was in, in the Middle Ages, right? They're both signs of the end. They're the same sign. Uh, and it happens continuously until he comes back to keep us on our toes, to remind us uh, of these things. The millennials believe, though, that we're going to have that Armageddon big battle. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I skipped in my notes the stuff about the millennium. Um, and, and this kind of thing. Uh, but suffice it to say, um, Revelation is a book of symbols. So we should probably not take it literally. Right. <laughs> but that's it's, what they want. That's what they, that's what they believe in. Mm-hmm. That that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I think, a, and, and some Christians believe that too. I mean, ab- they're Christian. Sorry, I don't mean to say that. They're yeah. Christian. So therefore... There are some Christians believe that's going to happen. If, if anybody is really interested in this kind of stuff and you want to, and you'd like a 200-page a, a book that will set you straight on this and, and go into all the uh, details at a basic lay, lay level and, and this kind of thing, talk to me after. I can get it to you. I can give you the link, but it's called uh, A Case for All Millennialism. Um, and, and it's a good book and it's, it's simple and it lays lays this out at a nice lay, lay level and deals with all the popular views and this kind of stuff. Um, okay. We did the second coming. End of the world. After Jesus come back, comes back, the world is going to end. Um, what does that look like? Here's that passage that we're going to look at again. Second Peter chapter 3. Second um, Peter chapter 3. Uh, okay. And um, 
<laughs> yep, here we go. Starting in verse 3 um, and going to yeah verse 10 3 to 10 somebody want to read that i can okay first of all you must understand this that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own passions and saying where is the promise of his coming for ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately ignore this fact that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago and an earth formed out of water and by means of water through which the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist have been stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the, with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is forbearing toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Great. Um, yeah, and, and I'm going to read the next verse. He just he just notices the the notice the um, from that he makes a practical application. Since all these things are going to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be leading lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for the hastening of the coming of the day of God. Um, so <laughs> it's good. But notice uh, there's that, this is the text that I, I referenced about Gail earlier, that this, that notice he, he it, it, it applies the idea that God's timeline is not our timeline directly to the end of the world. Um, and um, he says, uh, um, your people are going to say, well, it, things have gone on the way that there's no, you know, we hear this all the time. There's no second coming. Everything's happening the way it always has. Right. Uh, and um, he makes the example of the water. So just like the earth was destroyed by water at the flood. So also he says the earth is, is uh, going to be destroyed by fire at the second coming. So that's that's important and, and and what does what does peter say here is the reason why it's taking so long from our perspective god's waiting for everyone to that's right he's merciful yeah he, he's he wants people to repent he wants them to 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 hear the good news and, and believe in jesus and, and not have to perish and die in their sins uh, so that's, um, that's why he's patient. Uh, and so, um, that, that's good news. <laughs> um, so notice, um, um, and there's, there's, um, lots of texts here that talk about the end of the world. Um, when will the end of the world be? 
just like the other ones, we don't know the day or the hour. Um, uh, but from the New Testament, we, we generally get a sequence of events. Jesus will return. The dead will be raised. Uh, those who are still alive will be changed and join them. And then the earth will be destroyed. Um, we read the text. Um, now notice this is, this text it tells us that it is not like God's going to like destroy the universe completely and start over again. Not, not really. It, see, it, it made the example of the flood. Um, was uh, when, the water, when the earth was destroyed by flood, uh, by the flood, um, what was different after? We, you know, um, the, the earth was still the same. It's the, still the same third rock from the sun orbiting the same, the same star in the same spot in the universe, right? That's the idea. Uh, the difference is there's another passage that talks about or um, or Jesus talks about that the world will be uh, Matthew 19 28 in the the world will be regenerated now that's a word we normally use for what God does to you in baptism giving you new life um, but he says the whole world will be regenerated so basically what's the image here the image you have to come to get here is um, don't think of the world as being completely destroyed and him starting over from scratch. Thinking of, think of him as renovating it, breaking it down to its pieces, building, taking those pieces, building it back up again. I, I, that's a better image to, to use with the end of the destruction of the world. He also uses the image of refiner's fire. That that's yes, that, that's a great. That's that's even better than that one. Yeah, a refiner's fire. Yeah, right. You're not. You're not getting rid of the stuff and then getting a new thing. It's new. Um, there's two Greek words for new. New as in brand spanking new and new as in new to you or, or, or made new. It's, it's, that kind of, it's that kind of new. What does, so it mean by, what does it mean by the new heaven? Well, um, the new we have a new heavens already. That, that part's done. Um, uh, well, you, um, if it's referring to like heaven, the place where God, the problem is the word heaven can refer to like the place where God lives, right? Or it can just refer to like the sky and, and the universe. Oh, okay. the, heavens. Um, the, same, the heavens. Yeah. But it says heaven, not heavens, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Heaven. New heaven and a new earth. Uh, we'll look at that passage in a little bit because that's in Revelation oh. chapter. We, we we will. So we'll we'll look at that in a second. Uh, we'll come back to that thought. That's a good thought. We'll we'll come back there. Um. Okay. Good. Moving on very quickly. Resurrection. Um. Let's go to John, the Gospel of John. Chapter five. 
Six. No, five. It's in five. Not six. Yep. Yep. Verse 25. There it is. Yep. 25 through 28, 29. Very truly. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Okay. So there you go. That's a pretty darn clear text about what the resurrection is. Uh, Jesus, by the power of his voice, will raise the dead. Um, and they will come out. Uh, and some will come out to a resurrection of life. And some will come out to a resurrection of judgment. Um, so our bodies, the same, the same bodies we're currently inhabiting, those exact same ones will be resurrected. Uh, our souls, wherever they may be, will be reunited with our bodies. Um, that's important to see. I thought we were going to have glorified bodies. Glorified bodies, yes, but it's still the same body. That, okay. That's that's important. Uh, well, just don't have to go to just bad hip and bad back and shoulder. That's that's, that's what it means by glorified. Absolutely. So the aches um, and pains are gone. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, Paul Paul in First Corinthians fifteen has a whole big long discussion about what the bodies are like. It's complicated, and, uh, but. A simpler way to ask what are, what are what are resurrected bodies like is to think about Jesus. Think about Jesus for a second. While he was a man on earth, could he stick out in the crowd? Can somebody, you know, did everybody see him and go, whoa, what's what's up with you? No. no. He looked like a normal human being. What about Adam before the fall? He looked like a normal human being. Uh, what's the difference between Adam and Jesus? Adam before the fall and Jesus and us. No sin, no suffering, no inclination towards evil, eternal life, right? Ability to live forever, um, that kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's, so, so you, you can see that uh, there's, you know what life you have, you don't know, you have some small idea. You can imagine what life would be like for you in a body that didn't get old, no aches and pains, where you didn't sin, uh, right? Um, if you come to the idea of perpetual youth, that's kind of probably close to the idea. Um, that's probably close to, to what to, to, to the idea. Um, 
Oh, we should be able to recognize, like I would recognize you? I would assume so, absolutely. I would assume so. Um, uh, every, the, everybody recognized uh, Jesus after the resurrection, um, uh, except for the times when it, it says that he covered their eyes until they could, There, you know, there's, a, there's points at which they, they go, oh, yeah, it's Jesus. Why didn't he think about, that? you know? Uh, so he, he was obviously, it's the same body. It's not like, uh, like Jesus still has the scars from the crucifixion, uh, Revelation describes. Um, okay. When we Who, say that we're going to see our loved ones again in heaven. Yeah. Or when we die. Or, I mean, yeah. when, we, when we are risen again and so on. How are we going to be able to find them? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, you know, I, I mean... That's they might not be, be there. They, probably be, they might not be there. No. Um, oh. no. <laughs> oh, come on. There may, you, there'll probably be some lowly angel with a Rolodex, a really oh, big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. John Smith? Oh, no. Just, you know. No. Um, good question. These are like, we don't know, but we can't imagine, uh, uh, we can't imagine um, that there won't be some way to know. Um, and don't worry, you can, if it takes you 10,000 years uh, to find your loved one, you'll have no less days to pray, to sing God's praise than when you're gone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the interesting thing for me is over the course of thousands of years, people like, you know, back in Christ's time, people in the Old Testament and all that, they grew up during different times. And I'm sure the people in the future, so like, it's hard to know what we'll all have in common other than Christ, right? Yeah, but think about this. Wouldn't you like to sit down and hear all the all your favorite Bible stories told by the guys who were there? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like wouldn't you like to hear the story of the ten plagues from Moses' own mouth? You know? <laughs> the, the the he'll maybe describe the details of Pharaoh's face as he or, you know whatever you know um i'm sure we'll be able to hear we're not these... going to have any recollection of all that stuff eh, you right? never know. i i think it's going to be all gone because why why dredge up the old stuff because now we're where we're supposed to be well we'll, but be, you... so busy. we'll be so busy praising god that that one yeah. whether we know somebody or not but the, the praise the, the praise of god always includes praising him for what he has done for us yes um and, and the praises in revelation talk about that because he made us and he redeemed us by his blood and so um um recounting how god did that um is going to be part of how we praise him um so before we now before we move on from the resurrection quickly um, how do we know that the resurrection of everybody, now we may, we state that that's what John, it, right. It says all those in the tombs, right? That's what it says. John, right. Everybody, everybody, Hitler, all of us were going to be resurrected. That's the first thing I want to say. How do we know that's, that that's going to happen? We have, we have proof. Christ's resurrection. Bingo. 
25 Bible points for you. That's a good one. <laughs> Once again, don't check the exchange rate on those. Um, that's exactly right. And, and that's my standard message at funerals because that's the message we need to, to, to get out. That the, the, because his tomb is empty, your tomb will be empty. Great. That's the resurrection. After the resurrection is the final judgment. Um, Matthew chapter 25. This is coming up in the lectionary, I think. Eh, probably November. I'm going to read this one because I've got it here. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory with, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will ga be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will pause there. What, are, what they are is already distinguishable, Right? They're sheep and they're goats. You see that? If you don't catch that, you're going to mess this thing right up. Because <laughs> they're already sheep and goats. Okay, keep going. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, my, uh, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no, nothing to drink. I was a stranger and didn't, you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. They, then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, there's a lot here. You don't have time to go through it all, but you see, number one, that there's a judgment, right? Um, uh, there's a judgment, and um, uh, Jesus, and it happens after the Son of Man comes. He gathers the people together, everybody, and he separates them. And he judges them. Um, it, right back, uh, you don't have to go there, but right back in our passage from John, right before the passage about the resurrection, Jesus says, 
Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whoever he wishes. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. So Jesus is the one who does uh, the judging. Um, um, and, to me, Pastor, that in that last passage that we just did, he's talking about us doing things to other people and because and and never really said that faith that i died in the cross for your sins that you you know that you have faith for that is more of a focus on what we've been doing to our neighbor right we're doing for right. our neighbor in his name that that's part of um you'll see it if, if you read john um in the John chapter three, um, uh, 16, 17, right after the famous verse. Uh, indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world in order that the world, uh, uh, but that in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned. But those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For all who do not do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is uh, true come to the light so that, the, uh, that it may be clearly seen that their deeds were done in God. So, um, to summarize, and there's lots in Paul that you could go to here as well. Um, and did somebody say something? Yeah. The good deeds we do are the fruits of our faith. So, faith doesn't really have to be mentioned. Bingo. You got it. Good job. 15 points for Bob. Um, uh, the deeds are a result of faith. Yeah, the deeds are the result of faith. That's what um, Jesus says in John 15. Uh, everybody who is in me, every vine in me produces good fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Um, the Jews conceived of and understood that the judgment is based on works. It is. The judgment's based on works, but, but you're a believer, um, any bad works that you have, well, what about them? What, what happened to the fact that you didn't go and visit that person in prison or whatever? They're covered by Jesus' righteousness. Bingo. They're covered by Jesus' righteousness, right? That's, uh, that's why you, you got it. And that's why I said the sheep, they're already sheep, right? They're sheep already. Sheep um, because of the blood of Jesus, right? So that's, that's, um, that's the, the judgment. And, um, we are judged, uh, um, based on, uh, the blood of Jesus. And if you re reject the blood of Jesus, what are you judged on besides the fact that you've rejected it? And all the sins you've done. Yes. And how do you, and, 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 um, what what is a sin or what's what's the judgment then Death. because of sin um 
No, no. What's the standard? The law. Nothing. The law. Nothing. Yeah. The law. The ten. Right. It, it's God's law. God's law judges um, uh, them, uh, and God's law doesn't judge us because uh, by faith in Jesus, uh, uh, Christ has uh, paid the penalty. Uh, and that and that righteousness is credited to our account as long as we have faith, and uh, God has worked in us to produce good fruit. Okay, that's the last judgment. After that, those, those that are still alive, uh, that's when they will be judged. I guess is it? Everybody. Yep. Those yeah, who but live, those that have died already have been judged. No, no. Uh, everybody's raised. And everybody's judged immediately, um, and not and not immediately. Everybody's raised, uh, and and the the entire human race that's ever existed are all judged on Judgment Day. Um, the, a good illustration to explain how this works is, if if Dale in a fury comes over to my house and beats me senseless with a baseball bat, <laughs> um. And it's in it's in full view of everybody here on on this uh, live stream. What happens to Dave immediately as soon as somebody calls the cops? Where does he go? The jail. Jail. But wait a second. <laughs> he hasn't been found guilty yet. Ah, see, that's all what's the going evidence on. shows it. Right. So. Those who die, oh, let me blow your mind. Nobody's in hell right now. Technically. Oh, <laughs> Technically, nobody's in hell. If by hell you mean the final place of judgment, because the final place is, right? It's like the county jail and prison, right? Uh, the New Testament uses the word Hades to describe the place where people are now. And it uses the word Gehenna and Lake of Fire to describe the final, the final destination of the of the condemned. Um, it's kind of right. So you're in jail, awaiting your day in court, um, and be, and from which you will then be taken to prison. Right? Does that does that make sense? That's the progression there. Um, Is that the same as limbo? No, limbo. Um, there's two limbos. Limbo, uh, oh, according to some thought, medieval thought. Limbo um, is the idea that um, the old, remember I said that the Old Testament believers, they thought the Old Testament, they just conceive of everybody going to the same place. Well, they called a place the limbo of the fathers, meaning all of the, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those guys, they were in a separate place before. Um, before Jesus' resurrection. And now with Jesus' resurrection, Jesus has taken them all to heaven. That's limbo. And then the, they'll also say that um, babies who, Catholics will say babies who die go to limbo. Um, uh, a holding tank, I guess. Um, Bible doesn't say that kind of thing, but that's okay. Um, so they, can make, they can make things up, the, I guess. Are the people that are like, that are dead now, are they like conscious that they're waiting for judgment yes so they're scared some of them probably <laughs> probably yeah, absolutely. i'm scared 
Yeah, um, I was thinking that too. Okay. Right. Um, uh, second Peter, uh, or first Peter, first Peter, or is it second Peter? I can't find it. Anyway, uh, it describes them as being um, uh, spirits in prison, right? They're chained up, waiting judgment. Um, um, hell is real. Uh, it, it is a real judgment. It's eternal. Um, it, we don't want to downplay the, the language that the Revelation and the New Testament uses. Jesus says eternal punishment. Punishment without end. That, those are the words that, G, that we read from Jesus. Um, um, but the rooms in heaven that Jesus told the thief that he would be with them in heaven today so that's where we go to wait if you have faith and mm -hmm. then the other ones are in the chains is that what yep. you're saying yeah okay yeah. that's yeah. just that's so so yes yeah. so we go we go to uh when when um let's, let's put it this way your body dies let's summarize this this is complicated your body dies if you are a christian your body dies. If you are a Christian, you immediately go, your soul goes to be with the Lord in heaven, where you will rest and wait and praise God. Uh, you, you praise God and you, you await uh, the, the resurrection of your body. If you die in your sins, you immediately go to Hades. That's the best word, uh, best word we have for it. Hades, where you all or are, are, are in, in prison so to speak it describes the new testament does describe chains i'll probably don't take that literally but understand the image that it's trying to convey the idea um and uh where you await uh judgment day on judgment day uh all every all the dead are raised uh and they we and you, you stand before, as jesus says you all stand we all stand before jesus and we get the the judgment uh to be justified by faith is to, when, you, when we say we believe in justification by faith, what we are saying is that by faith, the verdict from the last judgment is placed on us here and now, righteous. So you know what that judgment is going to be. That's what justification is. God has credit, he's declared, the, the gavel has come down to you that you, uh, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. That comes to you here and now, right, by faith. Um, that's just something to keep in mind. So on the, uh, those who are in heaven waiting for, with, when you die and your soul goes to heaven to wait the resurrection, you get the well done, good and faithful slave. And those other ones don't. Um, uh, hell, hopefully that helps. Yes, hell exists now because when christ conquered sin and that in the cross he went down to claim his victory in hell right mm, no nope. okay well that's uh, my you know sorry no it's that's a that is a very common understanding of what happened uh the problem is when the creed says he descended into hell that's english it wasn't written in English. It was written in. It Greek. was written in Greek. From Greek, he descended into Hades, and once I said, and 
I'll, I, I, I mentioned that in the Old Testament, um, um, uh, Sheol, Hades, uh, was the common receptacle of everybody, good and bad. Uh, that's why uh, uh, in the rich man and Lazarus, there's two sides, right? With a big chasm in between. There's Abraham's bosom on one side and fire on the other side. Um, so what do we, what does it mean when it says um, uh, he descended into hell? Um, well, what does Jesus say? Today you will be with me in paradise. paradise. His body was in the grave. His soul went to paradise. Um, uh, that's that's in um, if if you uh, you can see that um, in Acts chapter two. You can write that down. Peter's sermon um, on Pentecost. He says the words, "You will not leave my soul in Hades." Uh, where was he? He said he was in paradise. Um, so um, when Jesus died, his soul, when it says, how, how are you supposed to understand it? Um, yeah. You can understand it as um, he went to paradise. His soul went to the righteous dead. Um, the, the passage that you're thinking of is a very, very, very difficult passage. It, and we do not build doctrines on difficult passages. There is no consensus as to what it means. We have ab Why we is have it in the creed like that. Um, the creed is it's in there in the creed because um, you know what? That's a good question. Isn't it you know, separation of Jesus from God the Father? He descended no, that, into hell. No, because that's that that's that's like John Calvin's view, um, uh, and in. Uh, the traditional view is um, that uh, the descending in, into hell is the start of if, if the cross if, if 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 the cross is you know is crucified dead buried that's the bottom descended into hell is, is the start of the of the upward he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven you see it's 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 part of that upward swing uh, it's it's part of the as we say. What's happening in the section where it says he descended into hell? What happened he, he, here? He went to be with uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, all of the Old Testament saints. He went to paradise, as he said. Truly, so I say to you. Say he descended into paradise. Um, it's very confusing. Because it does. It do, well, the thing, the thing is, in, it, it's we're using a traditional translation hmm. right you see that um uh it, we're using a traditional translation um i think when i went through confirmation it was explained that he went to hell he descended into hell that he was then telling them all down there look at i have yeah that was i have defeated <laughs> i have defeated yeah. and it's so you know, yeah. there's no discussion. It was um, kind of like showing his his uh, defeat of the death of the death devil. and the devil. Yeah. Right now, th that is what you were taught. Yes, um, yeah. and I'm telling you, I'm I, I'm telling you that was wrong. Oh, oh no. come on! Okay. No. 
I'm telling you, and, and, and listen, listen, this, this is not me. This, if you don't believe me, Lauren wrote her master's treatise on this. She looked, every, she looked every nook and cranny, message Lauren on Facebook. She will get you her master's. Yeah, I think we've had dig. every Lutheran minister say that to us in my it's, last 65 years. Absolutely. I do not doubt it. I do not so doubt it. So if that's the it. case, it, hey. Nobody taught, really it, make that nobody much taught it before like 1700. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I just want to show you something. Um, um, uh, the... Other denominations, um, there's another translation out there of the creed where it says he was, he, he, uh, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead, or rose again, <laughs> right? Uh, th that would be an adequate uh, uh, paraphrase of it. He descended to the dead. Um, the simple explanation is... What does he say on the cross? The words of Jesus. Where does he say he's going? Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. I, I, are we going to go with a very difficult to understand text in Peter or the words of Jesus? I'm a words of Jesus guy uh, over a complicated passage in Peter. Uh, I mean, it's a really difficult text. And no, no two commentators agree on what it means. It's really hard. Um, and anyway, that's once again, uh, I, I, I understand that this is what that, that's what you were taught. Uh, Lauren has both a short paper and her whole entire master treatise was on these kinds of subjects. Uh, uh, and they didn't throw her out of seminary, uh, but that's OK. Um, Who will occupy the new earth? Um, good question. Good segue. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, 50 points for Fern for getting me off that subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we will. Uh, uh, we will. Um, I, uh, um, Christians, uh, Old Testament saints, those who, who believed in Jesus. Um, what about those who haven't heard or didn't get a chance to hear? Uh, we don't know. Uh, New Testament does not give us any information about that. Uh, we leave them in the hands of God and we'll see what happens. Um, uh, but we at have, the we end of the no world idea. isn't going to come until everybody hears. Uh, yeah, well, until it's proclaimed in the entire world, that doesn't necessarily what? mean everybody's going to hear. Because um, it's too late. There's some people who died and not heard. History never heard it, right? Right. Um, uh, so we, we, we don't, we just, we just don't know. Uh, uh, now, uh, about hell, just a couple things that I wanted to make note of. Um, there is no scriptural basis for saying that the, the, the images that are used in Revelation about fire and the worm should be taken literally. Um, we should understand those seriously, but that does not necessarily mean they need to be taken literally. What do they mean? Oh, I have no idea. And I just don't, I don't want to find out. <laughs> Do you want to find out? I don't want to find out. Um, 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 so, um, it's an actual we, place. It's an actual place. Is it a place or a state of existence? I don't know. It, I mean, because our biggest, our biggest descriptions that we typically talk about are all from Revelation. 
um, and, and some of the metaphors seem to contradict each other. Um, what we can say for certain outside of Revelation is that it's eternal and it's punishment. That should be good enough. Um, is it a place? Uh, I, 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 or is it a state of existence? Um, it is, um, these are questions we, we just can't answer. The Bible doesn't give us enough info. Um, and so we have to leave it in God's hands and hope we never go to there find out. <laughs> um, and let's close with Revelation chapter 21, describing heaven, as it's sometimes called, the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, this is uh, a traditional reading for funerals. Um, Revelation. And now we get back to Pat's question. Um, uh, Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. That's not a literal city. That is the church. And eventually one day, if we ever get back to Bible class, I'll, you'll see that. Um, uh, coming down out of heaven from, uh, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Well, that should help you. The bride, church is the bride of Christ. Uh, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home, the tent of God is among men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and he, God himself will be with them. And he'll wipe out every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the, for the first things have passed away. Um, then the one see, who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Um, couple other uh, uh, another verse to keep in mind from the lips of Jesus um, where he says the meek shall inherit the earth the meek shall inherit the earth um, so what was God's original plan to put us in the garden of Eden paradise will be here on earth <laughs> here on this rock uh, the same third Third rock from this from the same sun, uh, but God will make it'll be renovated. God will do what God's going to do uh, to to make it perfect for us. Uh, it says He will wipe away all our tears. Uh, it says that He'll dwell with us. Uh, that word uh, to, to he, God Himself will will be among them. His tent. It's the same word used. To describe that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, I think it's not too much to say that the Jesus Christ, the, the God man, will dwell with us on this on this earth. Um, and um, that's that's the description that we have of the new heaven, singular. If it's a new heaven, it, it's it's referring to the fact that God probably kicked out. We already have a new heaven because God kicked out satan and the angels and cast them down to earth that's revelation 12 all right so that's 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 what we have there there's other descriptions of paradise and heaven and, and isaiah uh, other places the 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 wolf lying down with the lamb and 
and these kinds of things. Um, it's described as a, a marriage banquet. There's there's described there's descriptions uh, of us um, having houses and building them and having vineyards. All of the uh, it, it describes life. It describes cities. It describes us going to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. It uses all this language and some of it's metaphorical, but it uses very worldly perfect images to describe um, what this is going to be like. Um, and, and some of it I'm sure is, is the way it is. Um, um, if you're looking for a, a defense or um, if the idea of hell bugs you, um, uh, you can always take a look at that famous book by C.S. Lewis mere Christianity. He's got a section in there on hell and it's, re it's really good. Uh, a, a line uh, that is that the, that the doors of hell are locked from the inside. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good uh, thing to keep in mind. Um, anyway, um, why don't I close? And if there's any more questions, uh, people can stay on and talk and uh, uh, I'm, I'm free to stay for a while. And if you, this has gone along, so if you need to rush off to uh, go to bed, you can, you can do that. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have uh, revealed to us what our own futures will be uh, and what the futures of others uh, might be. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to trust in your promises, your promises of forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, which were won by uh, the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to cling firmly to that, to grow in faith, uh, faith towards you, love towards one another. Uh, uh, and we ask that you would make, uh, you would bring us at last to that heavenly home where we may, may dwell with you uh, forever and ever. Amen. Um, just an update. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, -E at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.